Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Verse 46, Now they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I just love that because, have you ever felt that way? Lord, please have mercy on me. All of us have gone through things where we've cried out, where we've cried to the heavens. But I love this because one thing we're going to look at next week, we'll look at, you know, the religious leaders once again and how blind they were. They were physically able to see, but they were spiritually blind. And yet here we see Bartimaeus, who's physically blind, but spiritually able to see. And it reminds me of that beautiful story in Matthew or in Mark chapter 7 of the Gentile woman who came to Jesus. It's the same kind of contrast. And she came to him, and remember she called him Lord And she wanted her daughter to be healed of a demon possession. And Jesus did. He met her where she was at. And it's very similar here. Bartimaeus, he recognizes who Jesus is. Son of David. That's a messianic term. And I love it. It's one of my favorite messianic titles. Because David is one of my favorite heroes of the Bible. A flawed man, certainly. But a man after God's own heart. And that's what I want all of us to be, is a man and a woman, a a child, a kid, a teenager, a young adult, after God's heart. That's what we need to be. But I love this title, and, and it comes from, the foundation is built on, remember Nathan, the prophet, came to David. And David really wanted to do something for God. Have you ever felt that way? You just really want to do something for God, and sometimes we get ahead of God, just like David. And he says, you know, Nathan, I really want to build God a house. I really want to build him a house. And Nathan says, do whatever your heart tells you to do. By the way, that's bad advice, just in general. The heart is deceitful and wicked above all things who can know it. So remember, always curtail that with the the leading of the Holy Spirit and the power of his word. But nonetheless, Nathan the prophet tells David, do whatever's in your heart. And then God gets a hold of Nathan that night and says, no, go tell David not to do that. You didn't ask me first. You ever been there? You know, it takes some humility to admit when... You heard God wrong or you didn't pray about something? I I know it's never happened in your life, but it sure has happened in mine a few times. I hate getting ahead of God, but I don't want to lag behind him either. We just seek the Lord. We're supposed to seek him. So Nathan gets corrected, and so he goes back to David and tells him, no, you're not going to do this. And then David actually seeks the Lord. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28, David finds out why he can't build a house for the Lord, because he's a man of war. He has blood on his hands. But I love this because the foundation of this messianic title, Son of David, we find in 2 Samuel where Nathan gives the prophecy to David. 2 Samuel 
Chapter 7, verse 12 starts and it says this, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, this is Nathan talking to David, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. That's talking about Solomon, first and foremost. Verse 13, He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. Verse 15, but my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. The throne of David. The son of David. And then in Isaiah, it tells us that's a messianic title, the son of David. But I love this. And we know Levi, Matthew here in his gospel He was also inspired in in the first chapter, in the first verse. He was inspired not only to give us a genealogy, but he gave us a a precursor to the genealogy. In verse 1 it says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Which is another messianic title. But I love this because Abraham, we get right there the promise of Israel as a nation. And with the son of David, we get the promise of Israel's Messiah, who is also our Messiah. And again, I just love this. I love this title. And next week, we're a little ahead of schedule. We're going to be a few weeks ahead of schedule for Palm Sunday. But next week, we're going to look at chapter 11 of Mark, and we'll look at the triumphal entry. When Jesus rides that donkey into Jerusalem to present himself, and the people on the streets throw their clothing out, they throw their palm branches out before him and cry out, Hosanna. But next week, in the book of Mark, we'll find that they say, blessed is the kingdom of our father David. That's one of the things they cried out. But in Matthew, we get a little more detail, and they cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. Again, these aren't contradictions. Just reinforces the eyewitness testimony and gives us more clarity of the whole. That's what the Bible does. It builds on itself. It interprets itself. That's the proper hermeneutic, is that the Bible interprets the Bible. It builds upon itself. And so here, though, we see that this blind man, Bartimaeus, who's blind physically but could see spiritually, he knew who Jesus actually was. And again, can you imagine the passion and the desperation in his voice as he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But then I see this stern warning because we've already looked at the cry of Bartimaeus, but now we're going to see the cries of the critics. Because remember what else is going on. Jesus and his whole entourage, his 12 and all the people with him, are headed to Jerusalem. They're headed to Golgotha, Calvary. But alongside of them are thousands of other religious pilgrims. This is heading, they're all heading to the Passover feast. They're all heading to Jerusalem. Thousands of religious people just going through the motions. Going through the motions, walking to Jerusalem. And I think that's a warning for you and I because we can get caught up in just walking You know, just going through the motions. Taking our religious pilgrimage to church this Sunday. Well, you know, it's potluck Sunday. I better go to church. They have pretty good food there. That's why they're called Calorie Chapel. You know, and and sometimes we just get caught up in just religion itself. Jesus never called you to be religious. You know, I've said it often, but Christianity is different than any other religion in the world. Every other religion says you can do something to obtain a higher level, to get closer to nirvana or God or whatever it might be. But Christianity is the only one that says, no, you can do absolutely nothing. I did it all, thus saith the Lord. What you have to do is surrender and receive a free gift. That's it. 
You're not going to obtain anything. You're not going to get to a higher level. We have to be careful that we don't just become religious and go through the motions. And if you're feeling that way, if you're just going through the motions, something needs to change. Seek the Lord. Seek the Son of David. He will help you, just as he helps Bartimaeus. But look at this, because these critics, we've seen the cry of Bartimaeus, now we see the cry of the critics. The first part of verse 48, what do these religious people say to him? Then many warned him to be quiet. Shut up, Bartimaeus. That's literally what's being said here. It's not a nice term. The NASB says they sternly told him to be quiet. That's exactly. Shut up, blind man. Be quiet. It's pretty brutal. But I often wonder about this. You know, when I'm studying the scripture, I, always, I know the scripture is always going to apply to my heart first. And so I was studying this week and I was praying and I was wondering, Lord, have I ever been guilty of this? You might want to ask yourself the same question. You know, I'm amazed at how many people in the world think they speak for Jesus when their words don't line up. And again, have we been guilty of that? Probably. Maybe we've been guilty when we see somebody acting a way we don't think is very Christian, even though it is Christian. And we think, you know, they ought not be so loud for Jesus or such a Jesus freak or so fanatical. And maybe you go through that in your own life. Maybe there are people in your family or friends. Oh, no, here they come again. They're going to tell me about Jesus. But we have to be careful not to be on the other side where we shun people or we shut people down. When people become, you know, emotional, when they worship the Lord, when they praise him. Maybe the problem is the contrast. Maybe we've become religious. Many have become so quiet in their faith in these days. Have you noticed? So quiet, non-emotional, dry in their faith. And then when somebody acts like a Christian should act, what happens? They get uncomfortable. And my prayer is that every single one of us would get uncomfortable. That Jesus would stir something up in our hearts. And I'm not saying the, the stuff that's anti-biblical. I'm not saying the stuff that, you know, you're going to be a total distraction, dance around, roll on the floor, bark like a dog. You know, I'm not talking about the stuff that is clearly unbiblical. I'm just talking about true worship, true love, true praise, seeking the Lord. Because when we realize who it is we serve, I think it gives us a whole new perspective. When we really think about it, not only is he the creator of the universe... But remind yourself what he actually did for you. You and I were sons and daughters of uncleanliness. We could not make ourselves clean. He, by the cross of Calvary, made us clean if we would only but receive the gift. And we escaped hell. Hell, eternal judgment. And we know that same hell will be cast in a lake of fire. These are true things. It's not made up. He rescued you and me from hell. I think the least we can do is praise him. I think the least we can do is be on fire for our king, the one who saved us and rescued us from hell, the creator of the universe. Yet many people who call themselves Christians often think it's their duty to shut other people down. You know, this week um, I was reminded of a story. We were talking about, uh, you know, the dry church example and some of the things that happen in, in these dry churches. And I was reminded of a very powerful story. There was this old conservative, dry church. It was full of religious people. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.